Morning, morning. Good to see you all so bright and breezy. I'm almost convinced that one of these days we're going to have a good Sunday service. And I'm not mean service, I mean weather. We've had rain, we've had clouds, we've had gale force winds, we've had it all. So we just really trust God for some, some breakthrough in all of our lives. And uh, we're really trusting a little bit of an announcement this week that God is going to bless us with our president. I'm sure he wants to open up the churches for us. So we have put in a request to open up the church to, to 50% of floor capacity. So that's really great. So let's see how that works out. So keep us in prayer. And we're trusting for an announcement sometime this week. All right. Um, also, don't forget on Wednesday evening at 16, 18.30, that's at half past six, we're going to be having a time of worship and prayer at the church. And so you're welcome to come and join us on Wednesday evening. We just really felt in the season that God is calling us to, to really praise and to thank you for his goodness and his grace and his mercy. Amen. You, you always have to be thankful for this. Amen. God's been good to us. We've been through the worst of the worst, and we're still young, we're strong, and we, you know, fighting fit. I want to share this morning on something called the legend and the legacy. And, and I want to share on this because I think every one of us in the last six months has somewhere along the line really thought about your life. You guys don't have to be quiet on my account. You can just say amen, you know, just like, amen. <laughs> I think all of us have uh, faced death. You know, what if? I think we've all journeyed the what if. What if we do get COVID? What happens if somebody in the family does get sick? How do we cope with that? And, and I think my challenge, and I, and I went through a patch where I was really sick, and, and we don't know what, what I had. But I remember thinking about my life. And not really thinking about what I've accomplished. I think my biggest concern was, what am I leaving behind? And what I'm leaving behind, what does that look like? Because I just had to picture that if I could take off the face of the earth today, whatever natural disasters or whatever it is, I, I really sat in my bed and I thought about this. And I thought about, what would my, my wife do without me? Have I, have I taken care of her? What would my kids do without me? You know, um, have, I, have I imparted enough into their lives for them to be successful? What do my grandchildren, uh, what is the legacy that they're going to hear about their grandpa? Um, church life, what does that look like? Who will take over? You know, and, and I went through this journey of saying, wow, what is it going to look like when I'm no longer here? And many of us don't think about that. Some, some of us spend so much time in the past trying to work out the past, trying to navigate the future or the, the present, but we never really think about what it looks like on the other side. And, and I was just really spending some time with God this week and saying, Yo, God, you know, what is it that I'm going to leave behind? Because all of us have got a past, but we've got to understand something that our past is not our legacy. Where we come from is not our legacy. What we journeyed, in a sense, is not our legacy. What we leave behind is our legacy. And what people say about us, and I've done so many funerals you know, over the last how many years, where I've actually just, and I'll be, I won't be honest with you, I, I, I buried people that I, that I thought, sure, nobody's going to rock up at your funeral. But we tend to say nice things about funerals, at funerals, no matter what the person was like. 
We always feel like a, a duty to society. Have you ever, have you ever attended a funeral and somebody stood up and go, he was a wretched man. What a horrible person. He was mean to his wife, he was mean to his kids, he was mean to his employees. We never hear that. Because somewhere along the line, we want to leave something behind. And, and I said it once before, I said our true legacy of who we really are comes down to our funeral. Who shows up? What have they got to say about you? What lives have you impacted? What, people have you, what people's journeys have you impacted with your life? And we're in society today, church, where it's so much easier to live for me and myself. It's so, so much easier just for me to worry about, well, in my little family, and if they're okay, then we're all okay. You know, and, and if my church is okay, then we're all okay. And if my marriage is okay, then we're all okay. But we don't understand something that God has called us to something great. God has called us for something more. And when we speak about legacy, you know, in Proverbs 13, verse 22, and in the TPD version it says this, the benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children. That we leave a legacy and inheritance for our children's children. That the Message Bible says a good life gets passed on to our grandchildren. Ill-gotten wealth will be up for good people. The New King Judgment says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And so when you speak about men, we speak about obviously women as well. But I love the way the TP says a benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children. It is, and often we think inheritance is finances. Often we think inheritance is a house or a car. It's, those things are all great. But there's a legacy that you and I need to leave behind. We always got the story about, remember the good old days? And we would tell stories, and I remember we would go to my Uncle Nasser's farm, myself and my brother, and we'd go spend two weeks at a time. And every night, Uncle Nas would tell us the stories of his grandfather and how they farmed in the Gamtus Valley, you know, and how they caught eels out of the river and, and how they managed the cattle. And there was a legacy that he was passing on to us by telling us this, these incredible stories, this incredible journey. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, and I want to read out the Message Bible. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says this. I love this, this scripture. Let me just get this here. And it says this. Attention, Israel. It says, God, our God, the God, the one and only. And then he speaks to us and he says, this is what you need to do to leave a good inheritance behind. This is the key to our Christian walk and to our Christian living. And this was in Deuteronomy. This was probably 5,000 years ago. But he says, if you get this, if you get this, your life will be changed forever. And it says, attention to Israel. It says, one, love God, your God, with your whole heart. And so the first thing he says to us is, you've got to understand something. If you want to leave a legacy, if you want to leave an inheritance, if you want to be somebody, the, the starting point for all of this has to be one thing. And that's this. Love the Lord your God. And that's an interesting statement because we all say, oh God, we love you. You know, God, you're the best. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. But the writer writes and he says, this is the starting point, in a sense, the catalyst for life. 
before you do anything, before you do anything, learn this, to love the Lord your God with your whole heart. Love Him with all that is in you and love Him with all that you are. So he speaks about the three things. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. All right? Love Him with all that you are and love Him with all that is in you. He says, write these commandments down that I've given you today on your heart. Get them inside of you and get them inside of your children. I love that scripture. Because so much of what we impart to our kids is really not good stuff. I said the other day, I've never had to teach my son how to argue like me. But he's watched me argue over the years. And now he argues like me. I've never told him to walk a certain way. But when I watch him walk in the hypermarket, he's a carbon copy of me. And why? Because kids don't want to hear what you've got to say. They want to see it. They want to see life, your life, playing out in front of them in such a way that that is the only way that they want to go. They want to follow mom. They want to follow dad. They want to follow the story. Why? Because they love God with all of their heart, love God with everything they are, and they love God with everything that is inside of them. He says, he says, Karen says, talk about, about them. And what is the them? Those three things. Where you are, sitting at your home, or walking in the streets, talk about them from the time that you get up till into the morning. And when you fall in the bed at night, then, uh, sorry, uh, then on your, uh, put them on your hands and on your foreheads as a reminder inscribed on your doorpost and, and the city gates. And you've got to understand, he says, that when we speak about God, every part of our life has to be about God. How good God has been to us. How faithful God has been to us. What God has done in my life. What God is about to do in my life. Whether it's business, whether it's social, whether it's a bride. There's always got to be that God moment to say, hey, this is what God is doing in and through me. You know, the Jewish people and Amanda them that have been to, to Israel will know that the Jewish people have got those three commandments in a little box. And they actually got this little box that they tie to their foreheads and they tie to their wrists. And, and I don't know what the significance of it is because I haven't studied it. But when I read that this week, I thought, isn't that amazing that God says these three things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with, love Him with all that is in you, and love Him with everything that you are. Imagine putting a little box of those reminders on your forehead and your wrist. You know why? I think. Because, Father, whatever I think may pass through those these things. I love the Lord of God with all my heart. I love who I am. And I love what he's doing through me. They put on their wrist. Because, Father, everything I do may bring honor and glory and praise to you. Imagine if we could walk around with a physical little box on our forehead and on our wrist. That every time we feel this thing wobble, reminding us, hey, it's right thinking. I need to think like God thinks. I need to see people the way God sees people. Whatever I do may bring glory and honor and praise to God. And it's a difficult thing because, because really what is a legacy? What is a legacy to me? What is it that I want to leave behind? And I believe one legacy focuses on what we will endure. 
Legacy will always focus on what you're enduring and what you're going through. You never remember the good times. You guys don't remember the time when life was easy. You don't remember when you ate pizzas every single night and ate out every single night. The times that you remember are the tough times. The times where you weren't on the mountaintop having the great view, but when you were in the valley. Those were the times that you learned to endure. And that is where your legacy is written. Your legacy isn't written, written in the good times. Your legacy is written in the hard times of how you dealt with stuff. I had a chat to my son yesterday, and, and he got engaged yesterday, and so it was a, a nice big day for us, for him to get engaged. But I just sit down with him before that and have this conversation and say to him, my boy, this is what I believe God is saying to you. This is what I believe that God wants to do in your life. This is what I want to believe that the way you should act. This is where I believe you should respond to certain things. Because I had this little dream and God said to me, this is what it's about. And it was so weird because I was preaching on this thing. And then I had to have that moment with him and say, hey, you're not a boy anymore. You know, you're not a boy anymore. You become a man. And sometimes I wonder what have we put into our kids? Because what taught them the best is things, the times that they endure. Secondly, it's about passing on things of lasting value to those who will live on after us. And how much, of, how much value do we, lasting value, do we leave for those that come after us? I've spent more time in church speaking to, to girls with daddy issues and boys with mommy issues than people that have celebrated. I've seen more parents, kids being broken for what they've had to journey in their adolescent years and in their teenage years that they've never recovered. That what they learned in those few years have almost destroyed them. And what do you think that legacy looks like? What do you think that legacy looks like? And when every one of you sitting the other day and listening, you've got to understand something, that whether you like it or not, you're going to leave a legacy behind. There's going to be somebody that stands up in your funeral and says to you, well, this is how Kurt Sutton was, or this was not how Kurt Sutton was. And the challenge is every single time I do a funeral and I see broken people standing up here because they've never built anything of lasting value to leave behind. I see men and women standing up here crying because they wish they had one more day to make a change in someone's life. One more day to tell their kids what they really feel. One more day to tell your wife what you really think of her. One more day to tell your husband how he loves you, how much you love him, and how great he's been married to him. One more day just to plan the future and see what it's going to look like in five years from now or six years from now. And we don't do these things. We don't leave something of lasting value. Legacy involves living intentionally and aiming to build into the next generation successfully. And I wonder how many of us are living intentionally right now. And how many of us are just existing. I tell you, this COVID has, has given me such a massive wake-up call. Massive wake-up call. The way I treat my family has changed. The way I speak to people has changed. The way our stress has changed. My staff are happy. I don't stress too much anymore. 
But something had to give. Because I realized during this COVID time that I was not living intentionally. And what it was mean by intention is that I have a purpose and I have a plan and I know where I'm going and I know what it looks like in two years' time and I know what my family looks like in two years' time. I know what my business looks like in two years' time. I know what my church looks like in two years' time. Why? Because I'm aiming to build into the next generation. You see, so often we want to hand over our inheritance to our kids. And there's not even a plan. There's not even a business plan. And we find our kids struggling. You know, and, and I will say this with all respect. Listen to me today, please. Don't get offended. But growing up with my dad, from the time that we were two, brickies, two tickies in a brick high, we had chores around the house. I couldn't see into the bonnet of the car, but I would stand there and watch him service that car. The lawnmower was up here. But cut grass, I would cut grass. And we didn't have fancy stuff like weed eaters. We had clippers. Remember those big scissors? Four and a half hours just to cut around the edge of the garden. You got arm pump already. And my, and my dad taught me that become a dad, but, but everything he did I had to do with him. And I hated it. It's like I couldn't go display on Saturdays and I couldn't go ride BMXing with my, my kids, my, my friends, because I had to do garden work, then I had to clean the garage. I'm like 10 years old and I'm busy cleaning a pool. It's madness. Kids should be kids, dad. And I'll tell you something. When I got married, I thank my dad for every spark plug I had to change. I thank my dad for the hours I've spent trying to start a lawnmower by myself and knew exactly what was wrong and he didn't say a word because I had to work it out for myself. You see, I've realized something in the last few years and it's this, that legacy is not a title, is not a building, is not a position, it's, it's everything that it is, is the life that I've lived that I need to pass on to someone else. Joshua cannot run on my title. When I die one day, he doesn't become Joshua, Dr. Joshua Sutton. He becomes the son of Kurt. When I die one day, my daughter doesn't inherit, you know, my fivefold ministry or my gifting. All that they inherit is what I leave behind. This morning, as I was, was standing in my lounge, I... I looked up at a picture of Jessica when she turned 18. And I think I mentioned this before. But Jessica had this beautiful picture of the two of us and she put it at the bottom and she said, my dad never told me how to live my life. He allowed me to watch him live his. And that stirs me. That stirs me because I want to leave something great behind. I want to leave confident men and women. And I'm not, I know I'm speaking about my kids, but I'm speaking about my spiritual sons and daughters as well. Because every one of you, whether you like it or not, have got spiritual sons and daughters. There are people that follow you. We chatted this week in the office. There's people that follow you. There's people that enjoy you. There's people that look up to you, whether you like it or not. You see, the greatest testimony that we can leave anybody 
is a simple question of how many people did you draw to Christ? And how many people saw Christ in you, the hope of glory? How many people look at Stephen and go, I want to be like that man? Because that's the life we need to be living. We need to be intentional, aiming to leave something great behind. And, so, and, I, and what gets me more than anything is so often we think we've got to do stuff to leave an inheritance. And yet Jesus did nothing. And 2,000 years later, his legacy still impacts our lives. Uh, Donovan, my son-in-law, myself, had a, we're having a chat this week. And um, we're speaking about the disciples. Of our, even after they'd followed Jesus, they weren't all fully persuaded that he was the Messiah. <laughs> they, they, they followed him because he was a rabbi, was Shmir. He had authority, but they weren't convinced he was the Messiah. And they checked him out. And even when he got arrested, he was taken to the cross, they scattered. They weren't sold out. And I thought about this and I said to Donovan, you know what my biggest challenge has been? And I've been in the ministry 22 years and, and 20 years in this church now. And I've studied and I've done all my degrees and all my stuff and I've, I've got all of that that I need. But there was one challenge that always stirred me. And it was this, the legacy that, 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 that God leaves behind in our lives. I almost found like at times I thought the way the church explained him, Jesus was more bipolar than anything else. You know, it's like one day he loves me with all the grace and mercy and love, and the next day is hellfire and brimstone. And, and they're preaching about the same Jesus. They're preaching about the same Jesus. And I struggled in my mind to think, is Jesus this, this grace and mercy and love and truth? Or, or is he this guy that's really angry and wants to take us out? And I said to Donovan, the thing that changed my life was I watched that series, Chosen. And for the first time in 22 years, I saw Jesus on the TV screen the way I thought that he really was. And he was totally different to what the church presented him to me. You see, in Acts 13, and we got it up on the wall there. But I want to read out the TPT version for you, and it says this. Now, Jesus has been called in front of the council, he says, and the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had any religious training. Knock it out of the park with the next verse. And they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with them. Guys, hey, imagine if people just sat with us for 10 minutes and their lives were just changed. Imagine if people just had a cup of coffee with us and, and everything that, that they were concerned about and worried about was just gone. Why? Because we're so saturated with the presence of God and we're living so intentionally and we're aiming to leave such a legacy behind and not a title behind that everything about us just wants to explode out of us. I know the word of God says that a good man leaves inheritance for his kids' kids. I want to tell you something. 
There's nothing I want more in my entire life when they lay me to rest one day. And it's to know this, that my kids have done greater things than I've done. Kathy often says it, may my ceiling be their platform. May they pick up the baton and run with the very dreams and hopes that I've had in me as a father. Leave somebody behind. I want to leave something behind. I want to leave somebody behind that can change the world. Because a building will never change anybody, and a car will never change anybody, and a title behind your name, and, and a fivefold ministry, apostolic, whatever it is, will never change anybody. But if I leave somebody behind that is burning with the fire of Jesus and carrying the vision that God has put in my heart. That when I lay my head to rest, I know that those that I've left behind, I've left behind in good hands. But I mean, God says there in Deuteronomy 6.4, that the only way this is going to happen is we've got to speak about him all the time. And we've got to tell our kids when we're sitting down, and when we're going out, and when we lay our heads to rest, and we, we wake up in the mornings, and we need to put on our gate posts, and we need to put it on our city posts. We serve the God of the impossible. He's a God that wants us to leave a legacy behind. You see, most people, in closing, think that their legacy is their past. Let me tell you something. Your legacy starts today. Your legacy starts today. Oh, but Kurt, you don't know what I've done. That's not a legacy. That's a past. The legacy is still what's about to come when you live intentionally wanting to change the world around you. And we'll leave this with you. What does your legacy look like? What does your legacy look like? What are people going to stand up here and say in your funeral? Is the church just going to close tomorrow when Kurt dies because there's nothing left behind? Is your business going to shut down because you were the eyes, ears, and mouth of the business and that's it? You see, I never want to die before I retire. Hear what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I want to retire and be that spiritual grandpa that sits on the stoop on my little rocking chair looking at the men and women that have journeyed the road with me like Jesus. The council couldn't believe the effect that Jesus had on them simply by spending time with them. I think we need to spend time with those that mean something to us because that's how legacies get built. I think we need to spend quality time with our kids and speak to them about this Jesus. Speak to them about this amazing guy that has been doctors and physicians and specialists and oncologists and pediatricians and gynecologists say that something is impossible. We just smile. Hey? Because it's written on our hearts and it's written on our city gates. We love a God of the impossible. 
We love him with all of our hearts. We love him with all of our souls. We love him with all of who we are. And we love him with everything that is in us. And I want to challenge you. We're coming to the end of this COVID. In Jesus' name. We're coming to the end of this craziness. We're coming to the end of, of locked away and not intermingling and mixing with each other. And this has been an incredible time for you to take a stock of what the legacy looks like. Of what it is that you're leaving behind. And yes, you might have to mend some stuff. And yes, you might have to say sorry. And yes, you might realize that you haven't been doing the things that you should be doing. But that's okay. That's okay. Because you know what? The Word of God says that His blessings are new every morning and every day. The psalmist actually writes and he says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to leave this with you, Gertrude. What does that legacy look like? See, legacy focus on what will endure. It's about passing on things, lasting value to those who will live bound after us. Legacy involves living intentionally and aiming to be built into the next generation. And legacy is not a title, it's not a building, it's not a position. It's the life that we've lived out in front of others. Can we stand? Father, I want to thank you this morning for your grace and your love and your mercy. Lord, I've realized something of the last bit that often we say, you know, where is God in the situation or whatever. And I realized this week that, you know what? You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You are the God of the impossible. And as we continue in the season, and as we come out of this COVID pandemic, we want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. We want to thank you that the world predicts 37 million deaths. And we're nowhere, nowhere near that. Not even a million yet. Why? Because you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. May you stir something in us this week, Holy Spirit of God. May this week we start to look at our legacy. Look at the legends around us. Because there's no great example than Jesus. No great example than the one who came and died for us. And so, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that your presence will fall over every home, over every husband, over every wife, over every mother, over every father, over every sister and daughter, over every child, over every parent, over every grandparent. May something stir within us. Lord, the church will not go down. We will not submit to the things of this world, but we will be those that leave a legacy behind that will change generations to come. I pray in Jesus' name. May your glory fill our homes and our, and our workplace. May your glory fill our cars and wherever it is that we travel. I pray protection over every member. I pray your hedge of protection around each and every family. Father, may you be glorified in all that we do, all that we say, all that we see, and all that we hear. Today we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget to book for next Sunday. And next Sunday, our Sunday school opens. So if you need your kiddies to come, also just WhatsApp us, and then we'll get your kiddies up and running. Amen. Have a blessed day.